Hello, everybody. Kevin Melchor here, and welcome to the MJDV Travel Podcast. And we are here back to continue season three. And it's been a while since our last episode. I would say about three months ago, roughly. I would let me count that. So we are in October, so September. August, July, June, four months actually since our last episode. And we were the last episode, which was episode 26. This is episode 27. We were talking about the big island of Hawaii. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the big island of Hawaii extended. And what does that mean? It means that we had a lot of meat on that bone that we haven't finished that bone yet and yeah we still have to talk more about the big island of hawaii we haven't left yet it's been over a year since i was in the big island of hawaii with myself and my girlfriend and now we're gonna be talking about a lot of things that was left on that bone and what was left on that bone my gosh i'm I hope I'm not making you hungry right now. Uh, What is on that bone? We're going to be talking about the Moana Loa macadamia nut in Hilo, the coffee region of Kona, the Greenwell Farms, the Shield Volcano in the Big Island of Hawaii, more on the Hilton Waikoloa Village, and the yum factor of the second dish ordered from Koji's Bento Corner in Hilo. And I am going to talk about the backcountry of Hawaii, known as Waimea Valley. With that being said, let us continue our trip in the Big Island of Hawaii, and let's get started. And hello, everybody. On my last episode, I shared about a lot of things on the Big Island of Hawaii and my experience. However, there was, like I said earlier, there was still meat on the bones, and I would like to talk more about the Big Island of Hawaii, and I'm just going to do that right now. The Big Island of Hawaii, as I, well, there's something I want to do, and this is something that I want to welcome you on, and that is Aloha! Yeah, there you go. (laughs) As mentioned before, it is true Hawaii. If you ever want to experience the Big Island of Hawaii or the Hawaii in general, the Big Island of Hawaii is that true Hawaii experience. And that's what I always say, is that you can't do Hawaii justice without visiting the original of the islands. And that is Big Island of Hawaii. All right, here we go. The first thing I want to talk about is Moana Loa Macadamia Nut in Hilo. Oh my goodness gracious. Where do I begin there? If you are a fan of macadamia nuts or chocolate macadamia nuts and you've been to Costco or Sam's Club, wherever you've been, You may have seen the Moana Loa macadamia nut chocolate or chocolate cover macadamia nut. Believe it or not, they were once owned by Hershey and now they're owned by its own other entity, which 
I have no idea what it's called. Actually, wait, I do. It's owned. It was acquired by Hawaiian Host Inc. Did not know that. Yes. And the headquarters and the and the main processing plant, for those who do not know, is in the near mountain, near the mountain south of Hilo in the Puna district of the island of Hawaii, known as the Big Island. Yes. And the Moana Loa Macadamia Nut, which I did not get a chance to visit after visiting the Hawaii's Volcano National Park, was the Moana Loa Macadamia Nut Plant and Visitor Center. In fact, Moana Loa is, it was established in, it was planted in 1946 and it was commercially cropped in 1956 and the company was owned by big five company c and that's really cool big five company c brewer and company from 1974 to 2000 wow okay there you go so there you go so when you think of hawaii you think about macadamia nuts or you think about chocolate cover macadamia nuts yeah that's and the brand that i always think about is moana loa in fact if you ever want to go do a macadamia nut visit yeah i when i was in las vegas i got a chance to visit well my girlfriend and i we actually got to chance to visit ethel m which was Named after the one of the founders of of Mars Corporation, yes, yeah, there you go. So if you visit Ethel M Chocolates in Las Vegas, well, it's actually in Henderson, by the way, Henderson, Nevada, you got to go visit there. But segueing back to what I was going to talk about with Mauna Loa, when you visit Mauna Loa Visitor Center. In the Big Island of Hawaii, you got to visit just like you're visiting Ethel M or Hershey's or a brewing company in Milwaukee. You got you really got to visit Moana Loa. They do have a visitor center, like I said earlier just now, and they are officially reopened, believe it or not. I didn't. That's the reason why my girlfriend and I did not get a chance to visit because they were closed. However, they are officially reopened, so you're able to get as much Moana Loa, macadamia nut, for all I care. No, just kidding. No, you could actually get uh, and purchase. Actually, you let me rephrase that. You could actually purchase Moana Loa chocolate, macadamia chocolate, macadamia nuts. In the tin bins, tin cans, all of that stuff. That is Moana Loa related. If you're looking for macadamia nuts, that's the place. And when you visit the visitor center, believe it or not, when you they you they since well when they first reopened, they 
they gone through some big changes, as it says on the website. And they entered a new, well, this 76-year-old brand as of 2021. They entered a new chapter. So they'll now they now feature new illustrations of iconic locations throughout the Hawaiian Islands, as well as they also came out with new products, formulations, and launched a solar farm. That's really cool. And so there you go. You could actually, when you visit the farm, you could see the you could see the solar farm and see the local brands that is all about Moana Loa. There you go. And anything that is Moana Loa branded or associating with the Mo- Moana Loa brand, it's all there at the visitor center. They are they are making improvements, by the way, with the self-guided factory tour, the snack shop, and sampling bar. And I do not have information about the Moana Loa self-guided tours, but like I said, they are working on that. So if you do plan to visit Moana Loa, they are, they just reopened and you could obviously see the solar farm if it's available to see. And if you do plan to visit the Moana Loa, I would say, well, Moana Loa farm and plant, you, they do have hours of operation. They are open seven days a week from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. If you want more information, you can go to moanaloa.com slash pages slash visitor center so that's where you can find the information about the store the visitor center everything that is moana loa related you can go there so there you go so that's the one place i didn't get a chance to visit when my girlfriend and that was the moana loa plant i saw it it was just like right on where i was going home to the other side which is the kohalo Coast, which is in yeah waikoloa village area and I never, I did not get a chance to go there, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I thought I had time to visit the Moana Loa. When you're there for five days, you're, it just goes by so fast. If you had an extra two, <laughs> I, I do believe my girlfriend and I, we would have visited Moana Loa, the plant. Instead, we visited a coffee farm. We visited a coffee farm and drove through the coffee plantation farms around the Kona keep the Kona area actually so there you go all right speaking of the Kona area I do want to talk about the coffee region of Kona yes and the climate and region and I do vividly could share with you based off the Greenwell farm tour and what I know after visiting the coffee region of the big island of Hawaii. I am going to share with you that experience and information about that region coming up all here inside the MJDV Travel Podcast. And hello, everybody. Welcome back. Now that you were craving the whole chocolate thing now we're gonna make you crave more and that is the coffee part of the big island of hawaii and i want to talk more about the i did tease a little bit just to give you an fyi if you didn't hear the last part of this episode 
well, the previous segment of the episode as I tease to this one is the Kona coffee region, the big island of Hawaii's coffee region, which is located on the Kona coast side, believe it or not. And my first hand experience with the Kona coffee region is as far as the climate is concerned, it is much cooler and much wetter than being on the other side of the island known as the if you further go north you're more on the kohala coast side which is the waikoloa side which is much warmer and then if you're on the other side of the mountain of the yeah of the big island of hawaii which is known as the eastern part of the island that is more the, I would say, the warmer side as well. However, when you're on the southern part of the island, that's the tropical part of the island. Not to say that because they're the Big Island of Hawaii is close to the equatorial line. It's just, just the climate there is wet. It is cold, especially around late August if you plan to go there. However, that is in on top of that, you're a little bit on higher elevation because coffee is has to be a little bit on a higher elevation, just to give you an FYI for when it comes to that particular region. So it makes sense that the wettest part of the island is going to be the southernmost part of the island, the tropical part. And of course, coffee plants and beans rely on water. Just like any other farm, it relies water. And when you do go, I would do recommend to either one, wear a poncho. Actually, no, let me take that back. I recommend wearing a poncho or having an umbrella ready, as well as having shoes ready to wear while you're on a tour or walking around a coffee plantation such as Greenwell Farms, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But the coffee region of Kona, like I said, the co- the climate and the region itself is right on the mountainous part. It's the southernmost part of the island. And it is a little bit, like I said, in a higher elevation. And it is very green, very lush green. It's tropical. And you'll see nothing but coffee beans and coffee plants. In fact, if you think about it, Mediterranean weather here where I am in California, if you further go north, like, for instance, Napa, or further northeast or east of San Francisco and Napa is the apple is more of the apple region of California. And I would say this part of this region you could relate to when it comes to coffee, Kona, Kona coffee, is the Napa Valley of coffee in the Pacific. That's just how it is. And obviously, as I'll give you the more educated answer to this, is that the the Kona coffee region it is on the slopes of Hawalalai and Moana Loa in the north and south Kona districts of the Big Island of Hawaii. 
And the weather, like I said earlier, it is sunny in the mornings, cloud or rain in the afternoon, little wind, mild nights combined with ferocious, mineral-rich volcanic soil, which favors the coffee-growing conditions. The lone word of coffee in the Hawaiian language is, and it's pronounced, cope or cope or cope. Yeah, cope. There you go. Cope. There you go. Cough or cope. There you go. And for those who don't know, I want to give you a little bit of a history and about the Kona coffee region and the weather. And so I pretty much, so the real question is why there? And you, I, I just gave you the an, the answer earlier is why there is because coffee relies on the whole idea of growing coffee is the region itself. It's tropical. It relies on water. It relies on high altitude. And so that's why why there is because of the weather conditions and the area it is at so that so that's your reason why there and i gave you why what is the weather like there you go i i just gave you the answer earlier and the weather and pretty much it is it is tropical now going on to the greenwell farms well actually before i get into greenwell farms the history of the coffee plant that was brought to the kona district believe it or not the coffee plant did not, it was never originated in the Big Island, by the way. It was brought to the to the Big Island of Hawaii in the Kona District in 1828 by Samuel Reverend Ruggles from Brazilian Cuttings. It was also the English merchant Henry Nicholas Greenwell moved to the area and established Kona Coffee as a recognized brand later in the 19th century. The former, the former Greenwell Store and Kona Coffee Living History Farm have since become museums. And they are, in fact, the Greenwell Farms, which I'm glad I talked about this because I'm segueing into here. The Greenwell Farms is an actual coffee plantation farm. It's more than just a tour around the the farm itself. However, there was you can do coffee tastings just like you do wine tastings in Cal- in California or elsewhere. There is coffee tastings in the Kona area. In fact, before I get to Greenwell Farms and talk more about that, the Kona Coffee Belt, for those who don't know, is recognized as a terrier as a terrier or yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna really mess up this word because I as far as the pronunciation, but the coffee, the Kona Coffee Belt is located on Hawalalai Mountain and Moana Loa, ranging from 500 to 3,200 feet above sea level. And it starts from Hawaii Route 190 on Palani Road with Makalei 
being its most northern section, includes the Koloko, goes through the Hawaii Route 180, also called North Road, North North Kona Road or Kona Heritage Corridor, and it passes through, excuse me, through the Holoalo, and merges with Route 11 at the Kianaliu and extends through the, oh my gosh, I hope I don't get hacked with this one the kia kila kila kikua and hana hana nah like please forgive me for the pronunciations the area is characterized by an average range walls of 60 plus inches per year which obviously like i said it rains there so the temperature is very uh very uh, heavy there so there you go so it's great for process it's great that's why i said why there what's the weather like that's that's the reason why is because of the 60 plus degree temperatures plus they get an average of 60 plus inches per per water of rain there so that's 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 unbelievable and Obviously, the growing and processing of it is very. That's so. Let, that's why I want to segue to hear about the Greenwell Farms, and that is in the tour they showed us how coffee is harvested or how it's planted, harvested, and turned into what we drink. In fact, I'm drinking coffee as we speak. How it's being grown, processed, as well as for us to drink and takes us into a history of Greenwell Farms. So if you ever want to go to Greenwell Farms, there is a free tour and tasting. Plus there's a lot of banyan trees. So when you enter, you go into a dirt road from the actual main highway and you'll see the sign Greenwell Farms. And then you'll see a banyan tree and a, and a heritage house. And that's where you can do your coffee tastings. And then the tour itself, which is a free guided tour, not a self-guided, but a guided tour, takes about an hour to do, about 30 to 45, even to an hour. Uh, the long, I would say my when my girlfriend and I experienced uh, Greenwell, we, boy, it was wet and rainy. However, we actually got to, not only it was wet and rainy, got to experience the, the wet the tropical wetness of of the Kona coffee belt. We also got a chance to. Uh, they were we were told not to touch the coffee beans because once you touch the coffee beans, they start to. How do I say this? They, they. It's like you. It, that's the word I want to use. Contamination. You pretty much contaminated the coffee bean. Per what the tour guide said is don't touch the beans because the moment you touch it, they're already contaminated because of of the oil of your hands. So the only so they recommend to all those who go on the tour or even go visit the farm not to touch the coffee beans, uh, the, the actual cherries. They're actually cherry, to give you an exact. They start off as a coffee plant, which is the cherry. And then they start to process it into the processing machine, and from there, that's when they that's when it turns into actual brown 
uh, roasted coffee beans and they do the roasting. I'm sorry. They do the roasting process in there. And that's, it's pretty interesting because it's a cherry. It's a red and it, it is literally a cherry, believe it or not, the cherries that we actually eat. And that is something that they roast the coffee and then it turns into an actual coffee bean. So there you go. So that's why you have that. When you drink coffee, you're, you're tasting a little bit of cherry in there because it is a cherry. The actual coffee is a cherry, believe it or not. So that's so that's where I'm where I have to go. And that's what I've learned from the tour is Greenwell Farms, they not only just harvest or no, grow, harvest and roast the beans and of course sell the beans to us for us to drink so there you go and they do have some coffee merch uh greenwell coffee merch and you must take a picture i did take i did share this on my instagram a few a few months ago of the greenwell farm uh, the actual greenwell farm heritage house with the actually the visitor center and with the banyan tree and the so Hawaii for me when I think about and this in general is the banyan tree. And of course, when I think about Kona, I think about coffee. And it was and it was really cool because it, that's something that I, I did on my girlfriend's birthday. And that was I would say she enjoyed it as equally as I did. That we love to do wine tasting, but there's one thing that is should be done and must be done for those who visit the big island of Hawaii. And I, I'm going to call this out to everybody. And I want to recognize Greenwell farms here. If you ever go to the big island of Hawaii, you gotta go to the coffee farms and do coffee tastings. Yeah. You have the coffee beers and all of that. And the microbreweries and the breweries. If you're like a wine taste, if you like wine tasting and you love wine, I would say you can do that in Napa Valley or here in Temecula or wherever in the country of the United States. But if you're a big coffee person and you're a fan of coffee and you love drinking coffee, you got to visit the Kona Coffee Belt. And the farm that you got to visit that was top of the list is Greenwell Farms. They have a free guided tour and it lets you explore the the farm itself in that tour. So it's it's picturesque. Believe me, it's it's very picturesque. All right. So there you go. Coffee and Greenwell. Mostly coffee. <laughs> hopefully I got it. Hopefully I was able to get you enticed to go. If not, I'm going to tell you this. Like, I, you got to go and experience that co the Kona coffee region. All right. Coming up, I'm going to be talking about the shield volcanoes. And there's one thing I want to mention, and I'll mention it. I'm going to tease this now. And that is the banyan tree. Yes, the banyan tree. All right. That's all I'm going to tease there coming up after this. And welcome back, everybody. All right, so we're going to talk about banyan trees and shield volcanoes. I teased it earlier, and I want to talk more about the banyan trees. 
Hawaii is famous for its banyan tree, obviously. Wherever you go, where you're in Maui or the Big Island of Hawaii or Oahu, you'll see a banyan tree for sure. However, when you're in the Big Island, going back to the Big Island of Hawaii, you will see a lot of them because especially the road from to Hilo from the Kohalo coast and vice versa back. So if you ever do the coastal road or the coastal drive from uh, the Kohalo coast to, which is Waikoloa that goes to Waimea Valley area to Hilo, I would say that's, that is an awesome. Well, let me, let me rephrase this. You'll see a lot of banyan trees along the way, going from the Kahalo Coast to Hilo. And for me, while driving to the call from the Kahalo Coast to Hilo and then back, I did see a banyan tree. Of course, banyan trees are canopy driven. However, while driving through, while driving to the back to the Kahalo Coast from Hilo and vice versa they i got a chance to see banyan trees that were so high that they were canop they it was a canopy that that also that like we were it's like driving through a tunnel believe it or not you're or you're driving through like seeing the redwoods in fact believe it or not Whenever I ever I see a tall banyan tree in Hawaii, especially when I saw one in the bit, I saw multiple of them, multiple of them in the Big Island of Hawaii. It reminds me of seeing the California redwoods or the actual redwoods that stretch from central coast of California all the way up to uh, Washington air, Washington State area in Canada, and the. These banyan trees are just they're they're web they look webbish. In fact, the most famous banyan the most famous road to see the banyan trees is known as Banyan Drive, which is located in Hilo, Hawaii, which I have personally have driven and seen those before. In fact, did you know the Banyan Drive is known as it's a it's a tree lined street along it's a, at a shoreline of Hilo, Hawaii. And it is known as the Hilo Walk of Fame. Did you know that? I did not know that until now because what's been told here or what's been what is said here as I'm looking at my research is that these trees are planted by celebrities, believe it or not. These trees have withstood several tsunamis that have devastated the town on the Big Island of Hawaii. But I'm more curious about the celebrity planting because... It says here, since 1933, several park commissioners decided that it would be good. It would be a good idea to have celebrities plant banyan tree saplings along the peninsula. And apparently, planting of the trees by celebrities continued with additional ten trees planted. In fact, when they started, it's it said they started with eight trees. And then they added 10 more trees in 1934. So since 1933 to into 1934, they've planted 50, 
they did 15 and then they did six in 1936 all the way up to today which is up to the last uh, and it says here the last known tree that was planted by a celebrity was mrs mooney and was honored of being the first woman president of, of the previous male dominant well actually no let me take that back it says here one in 1952 by her husband by richard nixon and two in 72 by pat nixon and the fur in 1991 polly mooney that's what okay so this is where i was going to say polly mooney replanted a tree lost to a tsunami honoring civiton international leader courtney shroshire mrs mooney was also honored by being the first woman president of the previous male dominant civiton the tree bears both their names so that's really cool and so that's why there's many celebrities that did plan and it doesn't say specifically who who else has planted since then but but yeah so there you go there you have it banyan trees wow so for those who want to know about banyan trees you can go on google or you could actually visit the big island of hawaii and get to know and see and learn about the banyan drive there you go all right Let's talk about the shield volcanoes because I don't want to lose track of where we're going here. The shield volcanoes. What is a shield volcano? A shield volcano. And, well, actually, let me let me rephrase and ask this question. What is a shield volcano and Big Island of Hawaii as them all? Well, what what is a shield volcano? So that's that's the f question there. What is the sh what is a shield volcano? And my explanation of how I understood shield volcanoes, and I'm going to give you the educated answer to it, and you'll see this in Mo uh, Moana Loa as well as in uh, in Kilauea area. Shield volcanoes are low; they're known as flat, not too high, perfect cone volcanoes. They are volcanoes that are that are very that are flat they're low profiled and it resembles a wire shield lying on the ground and it is formed as it's this is what it says here as as i'm looking as a description of it it is formed by an eruption of highly fluid lava which travels farther and forms thinner flows than the more this this is lava erupted by the stratovolcano, which we're familiar of. And so there you go. So the the Moana Loa is a shield volcano. Kilauea is also a shield volcano because of Mo because of Mauna Loa. In fact, Kohala. So that I mentioned this earlier that there's volcanoes in hawaii that are active dormant and yeah so they're there you have kilauea mauna loa mauna kia and kohala so shield volcanoes like i said what is a shield volcano it is a, it is a it is pretty much as it's described earlier as i said they are volcanoes 
that are flat. That's how I'm going to describe that. They're they're shaped as a shield. And the Big Island of Hawaii has them all. Not a perfect cone, believe it or not. They don't have a perfect cone. And that's that's obvious that when you visit the when you visit Hawaii's Volcano National Park, you're not going up on incline, you're actually going slightly up but not up up like you're going on like a, a 30 degree incline no that's not you're not it's not like that compared to the volcanoes that you see here in the pacific northwest such as mount st helens or or if you're in the philippines uh you see the mayon volcano which is a perfect cone volcano in hawaii like i said they're a it's very apparent that you'll see it because when you see it, it's like, why is it so flat? Why is the field so flat? It's because when you're on top of visiting the Hawaii's Volcano National Park, you're seeing the crater of it. And you're literally on the crater of the volcano, like the edge of it. And so that's why volcanoes in the island, uh, the big island of Hawaii, they're more, they are more, uh, more shield volcano it may seem like they're mountainous which it does show that but when you visit it's more of a shield volcano so again a shield volcano is a volcano that is shaped as a shield as a warrior shield so there you go not to go scientific on you and the entomology and all the geology part of it however volcanoes which lies on the the ring of fire, these volcanoes could erupt at any time without without any given notice. Obviously, geolo geologists, the USGS has the equipment to let visitors and residents and those living in the Big Island of Hawaii know when an eruption is going to happen. However, they, thanks to right now, the current Kilauea volcano is quiet. So there so that's a good thing. The last known eruption, believe it or not, was back last year in 2021. So there you go. So shield volcanoes, they are they're meant to be they're pretty much low-key volcanoes, and you'll obviously see that in the Big Island of Hawaii. Big Island of Hawaii likes to keep things low-key a little bit with these things, so it's really good. All right, so there you go. Coming up all here inside, we're going to go visit the Hilton Waikoloa Village, and we're going to talk more about it in my experience. And talk, don't go away. We'll be right back. And welcome back, everybody. Yeah, I, I'm going to get questions here. Why did Kevin get so scientific? Isn't this a travel show? Why did he get so scientific about the shield volcanoes and talk about banyan trees and get scientific there? Please forgive me. <laughs> I would say when you visit the Big Island of Hawaii, 
you'll see a shield volcano. You'll see shield volcanoes and as well as banyan trees. And when you think about shield volcanoes in the Big Island of Hawaii, as well as banyan trees, you'll think of me and how I explained shield volcanoes in an educated way and a not so educated way, as well as the banyan trees altogether. Okay. Now let's talk about the Hilton Michaeloa Village, shall we? Okay. The hill, the lobby, and I just want to paint a picture of this because for those who have not visited, I would say, or have not stayed there, I would say stay there. The Hilton Waikoloa Village, I would say, is one of the most iconic resorts in the Big Island of Hawaii. That's one. And two, it's pretty much a resort where you're pretty much secluded from the outside world. That's how I can explain it. When you enter, you're entering into paradise. Like you're literally entering an actual resort. The lobby, oh my gosh, how can I explain the lobby? The lobby is out semi-outdoors. And the reason why I say semi-outdoors is because it is, well, actually, let me take it back. It's semi-indoors. I should say that more clearly. It is semi-indoors. And you could tell you're outside and inside because outside when you're looking, when you're in the lobby, this is when you're the actual hotel lobby, not the Hilton Grand Vacations lobby. But I'm talking about the Hilton Waikoloa, the hotel lobby. Outside is already the fresh air. It's like open air. Can you imagine when it's raining? Oh my gosh. Luckily, the lobby's indoors. When you enter, you'll be greeted by the bellman, the the hotel staff. You'll be welcomed. Not the... You'll also be welcomed by a wondrous view of the Pacific Coast. So that's the, the Pacific Ocean. So that's really cool, right? The Kohala Coast. On top of that, the lobby, ha- when you enter the lobby, you'll be able to see not only the the boat, the, the Waikoloa, the Hilton Waikoloa boats, which is the boats that transfer you from one uh, from one building to the next on the property, as well as the there's a tram that it's a motorized self self not well autonomous tram where you're able to take that from one end of the uh, of the resort from the last building of the resort to the so from the south to the north. There you go. So that's how I'm going to explain it. On top of that, you'll see a lot of people in the lagoon. You'll see dolphins and whatnot. And that's what the lobby, that's what you see in the lobby. The lobby is very open. It's outdoor. Like I said, it's semi-indoors. It's actually technically part indoors, part outdoors. So that's really cool. And I mentioned the boat transport and my experience with the boat transport is really unique because I, my girlfriend and I, we want we decided we, we don't want to walk it. We don't want to take the tram. Let's go to the Luau from our building to where the Luau is located. In fact, that boat is not only is being piloted by an actual person that pilots the boat and it 
sits on a on a track supposedly that it's a boat that will take you to the you have pilots and you have like it's like you're pretty much on a mini yacht supposedly that's how i I could explain the boat it's like you're on a mini boat that is almost like yacht that is yacht style and it's very it's wooden too so it's really cool it's wooden i wouldn't be surprised if the boat is made out of banyan (laughs) <laughs> and speaking of monorail there are there is a monorail transport that can get you from one end to the other of the property and from one building to the next i would say if you ever want to experience the monorail i would say experience it and it's not only slow moving but it it stops from one building to the next and it's air-conditioned it's like you're riding on any monorail that you've ever ridden on. It, like I said, it's autonomous. And it goes by... They also have a... Ske- the monorail has a schedule as equally as the the boat. Uh, the boat transport. So boat, the boat transport and monorail transport are on a schedule. They go from morning to all the way to... Or well, early morning all the way to as late as midnight. And then I believe they can go beyond that. I'm not too sure, so don't hold that. I know the monorail goes on for longer, but uh, at a longer period of time versus the boat transport. And another thing to experience, well, if you do ever do visit or stay at the Hilton Waikoloa Village, I would say if you ever want to experience the resort outside the monorail and the boat transport, experience by walking. Because there's always pathways that can lead you to areas that you didn't know existed and that you were unable to access it through the through the monorail or the boat. Knock on wood, right? And you'll see uh, various walking paths that lead you to the lagoon, to the dolphin exhibit, uh, well, the dolphin quest exhibit, as well as to the luau. And while you're walking from the Hilton Grand Vacation side or the actual uh, Hilton Hotel side, you'll walk through various hallways that will showcase a lot of classic Asian art. There's a lot of art that is Asian-driven. You'll see it along the way. Obviously, being that we're not too far from Asia and being influenced by Japan, is that there are a lot of art that is Asian driven. So you'll see that when you're walking through the hallways in the Hilton Waikoloa village from whether you're going from south to north or north to south from one building to the next. Another thing that you'll also see that when you walk through the paths, it will lead you to not only a wedding chapel, but it will also lead you to various areas to capture the actual Hawaiian sunset and will also lead you to various areas that will take you to the actual beachy part of the property. Not the lagoon side. Obviously, there's paths that lead you to the lagoon, but it will also lead you to the actual beach, the actual beach beach of, of, the, of the property. So you'll see that. 
And of course, there's a property break. So if you're looking to get to the other side of the property, you're, you won't be able to. But there's a property break where you'll be able to. And of course, there's uh, along the pathway, you'll see hammocks where you can sleep and relax. And yeah, so the Hilton. So that's one thing about the Hilton Michael village I want to share with you is. Oh, another thing is you'll also see the the fire uh, I guess the fire oh my gosh the you'll you'll see like fire lamps I guess that's how I, I, I can describe it along the path and from there you'll be able to see the uh, around late afternoon you'll see one of the uh, natives lighting up the lanterns so you'll see that as well and so that is that is all I can share with you about the Hilton Michael Village besides the dolphins. So that's why I wanted to share with you the the lobby, the boat transport, the monorail transport, the walking experience. I would say if you ever want to get your 10,000 steps in, go on the walking path and just walk it. It may be maybe tropical, but hey, you have the best view in the best view in the world to to do your walking and do your fifth your 10,000 steps all right coming up the yum factor don't go away we'll be right back aloha well welcome back all right the yum factor of the second dish ordered earlier i mentioned that the first if you heard from the first episode actually not the first episode the previous episode of the big island of hawaii i talked about what my girlfriend and I ordered, but there was one dish that I didn't mention. The first dish you may have heard, and that was the loco moco. Now, the second dish that I had trouble mentioning, in fact, I said that it was something different than what I'm about to say. However, this is the actual second dish that we ordered. That I recalled, and that is from that, that that is from Koji's Mento Corner in Hilo, Hawaii, and that is drum roll, please. Do, 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 the Hainan chicken. Oh my gosh, yum! That's right. My girlfriend and I not only ordered loco moco, but we did order the Hainan chicken. Yes, we did at a local moco local spot in Hilo, known as Koji's. Bento Corner. So if you're ever around the Hilo area, I recommend the Hainan Chicken. And the reason why I say I recommend the Hainan Chicken is it's not dry, it's fresh, it's well-cooked. You can tell, tell it's well-cooked by the chef himself, as well as this type of meal, you also have rice. And then it is... The way Hainan chicken should be cooked, it was, it's freshly steamed. It's more than likely when I tasted it, it looked like it was soaked in into a broth. And then when it was taken out, it was put, it was carried out to chill out in the, the refrigerator. And then you just cut it up and then you just eat it as is and warm it up. And there you go. And 
I would say with rice and the Hainan chicken was really good. It complimented the local moco that my girlfriend and I ordered, which was yum. And I don't want to further explain what local moco is. I'm going to let you figure what local moco is and what it looks like. And if you ever go on to, uh, if you ever visit Koji's Bento Corner in Hilo, Please tell them that Kevin Melcher from Melcher Jet's Dream Vacations sent you because my girlfriend and myself have visited low, uh, Koji's Bento Corner. So I'm giving a plug to Koji's Bento Corner. Thank you so much. You're a wonderful, awesome local spot that I did not know existed. I don't think anybody who visited knew you existed unless you're a local. And I'm not too sure if the locals know you're there. <laughs> so I give it out for Koji's Bento Corner and in Hilo, Hawaii, that I'll definitely come back when I visit the when I visit the Big Island of Hawaii. Well, def my girlfriend and I will definitely come and visit you guys and order the local moco. So when we come, when we go there, take good care of us. <laughs> awesome possum, right? All right. So there you go. The yum factor is. Of the second dish is Hainan chicken. All right, next, the backcountry of Hawaii, known as the Waimea Valley. Yeehaw! Oh my gosh, I can't say that. Oh, goodness gracious, I can't say that. So I won't say the yeehaw anymore. <laughs> the backcountry of Hawaii, known as the Waimea Valley. That's what I'm going to be sharing with you right now. And what is the Waimea Valley? Well, the Waimea Valley is the farm land of the Big Island of Hawaii. The way I understood this is it's the backcountry side. Not to say that I just said that right now, that it, I know it's the backcountry side uh, where you'll have horses and cattle, whatnot. Waimea Valley. And I'll give you the educated response to this. So that way I could say this more properly than just saying, hey, I've been there. I don't, I'm going to give you the educated response to this. So that way when you visit, it's like, oh, I just, that's what Kevin said. All right. Waimea, Hawaii. And just to give you a correction here not to further complicate, is that Waimea Valley is in, there's Waimea Valley in Oahu, but the actual place that is true to the cattle and pastures, cattle pastures, is Waimea. It is a, it is a town, not a, not a city, it is a town in Hawaii County, Hawaii, in the United States, its population is 7,028 based off the 2000 census, and it has surely increased as of 2010, 9,212. I'm pretty sure there's more or less or about the same in 2020. After all, we do our census every 10 years, by the way. So if you ever want to know that. And... What makes Waimea in Hawaii in the Big Island of Hawaii famous, as I mentioned before, is the cattle pastures, the ranching activities that they have. You have the Parker Ranch, 
in and around Waimea. It is the largest privately owned cattle ranch in the United States. And they have an annual 4th of July rodeo. How cool is that? Yeah, there you go. And for me, I grew up on a, my, well, I wouldn't say I grew up on a farmland, but my family, my dad's side of the family grew up on a farmland in the Philippines. And for me to mention about Waimea pays homage to my family, pays homage to the Melcher family in the Philippines uh, with the farm life, the cattle life. There you go. So more or less the, the farm life. The Waimea Cherry Blossom Heritage Festival is also held there annually. It is the first week of February. Another thing when it comes to visiting Waimea in Hawaii, and this is something you can do, is to, that's the center of the town, is the Isaac's Art Center, the Wishard Gallery, the Pe, uh, Peniolo Heritage Center at the Pukalani Stables, and the Art and the Gallery of Great Things, are also which features Hawaiian art. So that's a great place to visit. Also, Hawaiian May, believe it or not, and I didn't know now. I didn't know about this until I after re researching and reading this, is that Waimea is home to the headquarters of two astronomical observatories located on Mauna Kea, which is the W.M. Keck Observatory, and the Canada-France-Hawaii Telescope. It is also headquarters of the International Lunar Observatory Association. So how cool is that? It makes sense because... The altitude of where these volcanoes are, you could actually see the stars, the open sky. And it just makes sense that in a higher altitude, above 10,000 feet, you could you put an observatory there. Not just one, but two. So there you go. YMA also is also home of the Hawaii Preparatory Academy and the Parker School two of the top independent schools in Hawaii. How cool is that? The whole state of Hawaii. That's awesome. In fact, to give you a history of Waimea, and I want to give you that, and that is Native Hawaiians is believed that the watershed area of the Kohala Mountains once supported several thousand Native Hawaiians who practiced Sub substance agriculture and made kappa and thatched dwellings. How cool is that? Here's another fact uh, to add in there. As the Europeans arrived in the area, most of the sandalwood forest were harvested and the land became ideal for grazing animals. California longhorn cattle were given as a gift to Hawaii Hawaiian King Kamehameha I by British Captain George Vancouver in 1793. There you go. Here's another thing to know. Waimea's post office is named Kam uh, Kamula, which is, the which is a Hawaiian name for Samuel, after Samuel Parker. And speaking of Parker, in 1809, John Palmer Parker arrived to the area after jumping ship and over time became employed by the king to hunt and tame the population of cattle. How cool is that? 
and then here's the here's the added to the added story to this is that the added fact actually in 1815 Parker married uh, Kipika uh, Kip uh, Ki uh, Kipikane. I think that's how you say it. Kipakani, there you go, the daughter of a high-ranking chief and his fam- as a family developed what is now Parker Ranch, which is the largest ranch in the area. How cool is that? And here's another known fact. It is sometimes claimed that the post office, which is, which is the name for the former Hawaii Island politician Samuel Mahuka, uh, Mahuka Spencer, suggesting he was a poster, a postmaster for the facility, but there are no records that indicate he ever held that position. Hmm. All right. And now the Spanish. Here's another thing about the Spanish. And the reason why I'm giving you this history, this history tour is because for you to understand the whole idea of Waimea Valley and how it is today, not just, it's more than just the ranches and the cattle pastures whatnot and the beautiful landscape of of the north of the big island of hawaii the early 19th century also saw the arrival from the visceral royalties of new spain and real de la plata of the horse and spanish known as uh, vaqueros known as cowboys and it's funny how we're talking about this history of the waimea because in the Luau uh, on the last night that Tina intended, uh, or Tina and I attended on her birthday. Oh my gosh, my girlfriend's name—you just—you just heard it. We actually got to learn and understand through the through the luau and the dance itself about the Waimea area and how there was Spanish influence. And it's funny how I'm talking about this because they did talk about the Spanish vaqueros, known as cowboys, bringing the tradition. And this is why it's really interesting and in how, how I'm talking about this. And of course, we also talked about how the, that particular region in Waimea talked about the native Hawaiians and how they practiced the harvesting and, and how dance was translated. So it was really interesting how the Luau broke it down to actual what is being, what I'm reading to you. Again, in the early 19th century, Spanish vaqueros, known as cowboys, were, uh, and of course, the horse, the Spanish horse, came to the beginning of Hawaii. How cool is that? The king hired these vaqueros to teach hawaiians herding and ranching skills and by 1836 the island had working cowboys as the hawaiian culture and latin vaquero cultured commingle a unique breed of cowboy emerged the paniolo yes that's really interesting the luau at the hilton waikoloa village did not talk about world war ii only because that it was an event that really plagued the whole Hawaiian islands. And that, of course, this is part of the big island of Hawaii's history, as well as the whole state of Hawaii. And I would like to talk about this more in depth. So when you visit a historical museum in or 
speak to any of the native Hawaiians that live in the Big Island of Hawaii, they can talk about World War II and the Spanish, uh, uh, how the Spanish came to the Big Island of Hawaii and, of course, their very own native Hawaiians. All right. So during World War II, beef and vegetable prices increased and farmers returned to cultivate maize, maize or maize, uh, beets, cabbage, and variety of green vegetables. So like I said, Waimea is was known as a farming, not uh, as various farms to agriculture to to grow maize, beef, uh, beets, and cabbage. And farm and ranch land acreage increased from seventy five in nineteen thirty nine to five hundred and eighteen in nineteen forty six. And Waimea saw many soldiers during this time who built a large temporary tent city in Camp Taraya, uh, tra- I'm sorry, re- let me rephrase that. Let me re- pronounce that again. Camp Tara, uh, when the war was over at the military, uh, military, when the war was over, military left, and Waimea had an entertainment center now known as the Kohulio Theater and an airstrip now Waimea Kohala Airport. So how cool is that? So there you go. So you that part of of the Big Island of Hawaii known as Waimea has has open land, of course it's cattle, pasture land. You have history of the Spanish uh being there in the Big Island of Hawaii as well as talking about the native Hawaiians and World War II influence. So there you go. And did you know that the Big Island of Hawaii, more or less of the Waimea area, that the geography of it, the elevation is 2,676 feet? Did you know that? I didn't know that. In fact, I did experience that elevation not too long ago when I visited there. And it goes, so there's two major highways, there's one major highway that it goes through. It's called Highway Route 19, which passes through the community. And from there, you're, it's, Pretty much 50 south, which leads to the southeast 56 mile to Hilo and southwest 43 to Kona. So there you go. And so there's a lot to talk about. Uh, Oh, like I said, the festivals, you got the rodeo, you have the, the annual rodeo and horse races that are held at Parker Ranch and as well as the Cherry Blossom Heritage Festival. So there you go. The more you know, right? There you go. And so when you visit, you know, when you think that's more that. So that's why I like the Big Island of Hawaii is because the backcountry of it is really interesting and it's open land. And on top of that, it the Big Island of Hawaii has not just the volcanoes and the beaches and it has everything that you're looking for in an island history. So that's why I say the true. And I'm going to. Not stress this more enough to say that the Big Island of Hawaii is the true Hawaii. And you can visit Maui, you can visit Kauai, you can visit Molokai, you can visit Lanai, Maui, all these islands, including Oahu. But the true island that gets, that is, I would say, that doesn't get the praise as much is the Big Island of Hawaii, only because. When you visit the Big Island of Hawaii, you're going to think of me and you're going to think about how I talked about the history and all of this stuff that I just mentioned. 
that I how I how I fell in love and infused myself, actually not infused, immersed myself with my girlfriend into this whole Hawaiian experience. And I have to say, I can yeah, Maui was my was my top of the tier island. It may have changed now. It's, I would say the big island of Hawaii did have a strong impact in my whole entire life. And I will definitely come and visit again. And I know there's more to see than, than what is, you know, most people say the whole, the big island's boring. No, 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 no. Slow down. Just wait. There's more. You, you, it's like visiting the Philippines. Actually, I shouldn't say that. It's like visiting a whole nother world. That's what I meant to say. It's just, it's, you're visiting a whole nother world. You're, there's so many areas of the big island of Hawaii from the coastal side, like I mentioned, the coffee, Kohala coast area to the black sand beaches that you'll see. And you'll, you'll get transported to actual Hawaii. And that's really what it's about. And again, I can go on and talk a lot about the big island of Hawaii, but there's so little time to talk about it. However, I encourage you, when you listen to this episode, episode 27, and then you listen to episode 26 and then connect both episodes together, I may actually, let me take that back. If you listen to episode 26, also the extension to that, episode 26A, which is the same episode as 20, episode 26, and episode 27, whether you listen to 26 or and 26A and come to 27, it, everything all comes together. And that was the whole point, is to share you my experience about the big island of Hawaii. And on top of that, to immerse you, to encourage you to travel to the big island of Hawaii. So what are you waiting for? Go visit the big island of Hawaii and experience why I fell in love with the big island of Hawaii, why you should visit, and lastly, why it is paradise. And it is the true paradise because these volcanoes created this paradise and big island of hawaii i don't think it stopped growing yet i think it's there's still there's still land to be created unless if it's done being created great leave it as is but i can tell you straight out that if you ever want to see a real active volcano as well as seeing banyan trees and lush tropical area uh, regions and waterfalls big island of hawaii is it just fly and go there there's non-stop flights that go to the big island of hawaii from the mainland so if you ever are flying from the mainland to to hawaii go to the big island first i think you'll appreciate hawaii more and that's all i can say there and coming up next i'm gonna talk about united airlines and the hilton as i do the departure don't go away we were back
and welcome back everybody i hope everybody enjoyed the last segment which is the yum factor commingled with the backcountry of hawaii known as waimea all right and I know I'm going to get a lot of comments about saying that's Waimea Valley or I said that's Waimea Valley. It's it's not Waimea Valley and please forgive me. It's known as Waimea. There you go. All right. And I still call it the back country. There you go. All right. Now it's time to get into the departure and it's departure time. Yes. Yeah, I know. Before we close out our show. I just want to say United Airlines and Hilton, thank you so much. Seriously, thank you to the flight crew. Thank you to United in general for flying my girlfriend and I round trip to the Big Island of Hawaii. Also, thank you to Hilton Hotels and Resorts and more or less Hilton Grand Vacations for having providing accommodations for us and for my girlfriend and I and allowing me to talk about your property. So thank you. And last but not least, thank you to the big island of Hawaii. That's right. Thank you to its residents, its businesses, the farms that Tina and I visited. So thank Thank you so much to the Big Island of Hawaii and thank you so much to the Tourism Office of the State of Hawaii as well as the Big Island of Hawaii altogether. And there is one thing I want to conclude here is that, again, you cannot do Hawaii justice without visiting the Big Island of Hawaii. Go to the big island of Hawaii first and then go to the other islands. That's all I can say from there. I'm Kevin Melchor. Have a great week and day and see you on the next MJDV Travel Podcast. And as I always say, I'm going to add this now. Aloha and happy travels, everybody. And go visit the big island of Hawaii. Goodbye, everybody.